Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. I hope you're well. I'm your host, Ben Lively, and you're listening to Shaken Awake, episode number 43. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in wherever you are and whatever you're doing right this very moment. And as always, I promise you another great show, but more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord. He's always right there beside us. And if you find any value in these episodes, the greatest thank you of all is to pass the word to at least one person that you know to help spread the word to others that you feel could benefit. So without further delay, let's get ready to invite God in with us right here, right now and allow him to speak directly to your heart and minds. So today's topic is, why do you refuse to dwell in God's word, the Bible? Of all the topics that I have spoken on to date, this will more than likely be the most important of all, and I'd imagine one of the most important that I will ever, ever speak on. This episode I feel so passionately about that if I only had a few minutes to live and was surrounded by friends and family, this is the topic I would choose. Why? Because it's that important to your life here on earth and then of your internal resting place. Everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. Every, have you ever heard that one before? The deeper you analyze that, the more you uncover the real reason. Everyone wants paradise but no one wants the hard road to get there. They want their cake to eat it too and to be able to go back for seconds, possibly thirds as well, okay? You with me so far? Again, I'm going to attempt to do in these few moments we have together to break the chains the enemy has had on you since birth and certainly since you became a professing Christian. By the way, I'm saying professing Christian because many profess that they are true Christians until they ironically read their Bible and find out they're not truly saved. So not knowing everyone I'm addressing, I'll continue with professing Christians. For all you know, I'm the same. I'm gonna try to hit a nerve so deep within your hearts and minds that you will be forced to look at God's word differently. And with the help of our helper, the Holy Spirit, you will not continue refusing to dwell, which is the same as consistently reading the Bible any longer. I can't make you, but the Holy Spirit can convict you. And that, my friends, is what my hope is today, God willing. So I took a poll in our Men Who Follow Christ Facebook group a few weeks ago, and I wrote this as the heading on the post. What is one or more reasons you do not read your Bible regularly if you don't? And my disclaimer read, just looking for some transparency, honesty. I notice most who fill in the questionnaire to join this group type no when asked if they read their Bible regularly. I want to see if a common denominator sticks out that I could use to pray for them, you, and to ask God for specific help to do outreach to others in the same boat. I received over 
70 responses, which in a group of over 19,000 members, I'll gladly accept as a reasonable uh, sampling size. I also knew that their answers would tell the tale of the tape. And as suspected, that's exactly what happened. So here were the most consistent responses in no particular order. Uh, I find it overwhelming. Much of it, I do not understand the meaning or context. I feel like I'm so far behind in my reading of the Bible at this stage of my life. My version, the King James Version, is hard to understand sometimes. Reaching out to others more experienced is a part of the study. Instead of sitting down with a huge book with tiny words, I often find it easier to read verses with context or listen to the preacher and follow along with notes and highlights. I often forget. I can't find the time to concentrate on what I'm reading. I get distracted. Poor time management. I'm an infant in terms of my spiritual walk, and I don't want to misinterpret and misuse the Bible, so I'm afraid to study on my own and develop bad doctrine, etc. I'm lazy. Okay, I, A for honesty right there. I can get hung up on books or devotionals. My flesh wants to do something else, and laziness. I need reading glasses because reading in small text hurts my eyes from straining, get bad headaches. I'm with you on that one. Lazy and content. Honestly, I fall asleep. I've read it, but never in a consistent way as I have the New Testament. Nothing other than time. I have a huge desire to read more and understand it. However, I cannot concentrate long enough to remember long enough. I could read a chapter in an hour, not tell you what I have read or understood. The hunger's there. The word is the food. Just can't get the food and the mind working together because it's not habit like it should be. I got a couple more here. I read sometimes in the evening or on an as-needed basis, but I know that if I read every morning, my days would go better. Why is that? I feel guilty. And probably for me, one of the saddest of the responses uh, was drugs. Pray for me, please. You know, you can post encouraging things or even, and th this was a response back. Um, it was an answer to the question from a member, but it was also a realization to the group that was answering. I thought it was noteworthy to uh, to read. It says, you can post encouraging things or even open openly hold Bible studies as much as possible, but it all comes down to the choices and the hours I want to, uh, my heart wants to, but the ways of this lifestyle can somehow make it to where the thoughts of those things never enter my mind. So it's almost as if I forgot. It's hard to explain, but it comes down to the choice Everyone is, is everyone's individually. Just reading these posts encourage me. Okay, so I, I'm sure most, if not all of you can uh, relate and, and nod your head to one or, or maybe more of those. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but other than those that common, uh, that don't believe in the Bible anyway, I can't think of many more, at least common reasons, people refuse to read the Bible. So we'll stick with these. Uh, you, you, you've likely noticed by now, I keep using the term refusing when talking about not reading the Bible. As, as I use it in the title of today's episode, it's a tough word to swallow. But when we have choices and choose one over the other, the choice we passed over is the is the one we refused. You know, so sometimes truth stings a little, sometimes it stings a lot. This one, this one should sting a lot. I'm gonna use my answer prior to April of 2019. 
and then we'll get started. I used to never read it because I thought all the important stuff in it from growing up in the church and going to a Christian school when I was younger. That was my reason for never reading it my entire life. Embarrassingly, I said on many occasions growing up, if it ain't in the Bible, I don't believe it. And the sad irony was I had never read the Bible. So that statement in and of itself was hypocritical. How sad. And to even be more honest, deep down inside, I didn't care to ever read the Bible. I didn't care to know what was inside of it because John 3.16 was my scapegoat. But why did I need to know what was in the Bible? I was already saved and going to heaven no matter what, right? Wrong. In fact, the Bible showed me that I was lost, showed me I was a false Christian, headed to hell, and certainly not heaven. And it convicted me more than I could have ever imagined. I know it is God's calling, Christ dying on the cross, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit and salvation only that truly saves. But I would say the Holy Bible saved my life, literally. It helped me hear God for the first time. It helped me hold a spiritual mirror to my face and see something in the reflection I had never seen before. Someone that had a life, God, purpose, and my eternal home all wrong. I saw myself the way God saw me. I saw the world for what it was and wasn't. I saw things no one ever told me about in the pulpit. I saw the glossed over sermons being called out from the pages of God's living word. I saw the failure of the church while I was growing up listening to children's church service to explain the Bible stories they shared without making it a theatrical experience. I learned things to this very moment. As you're listening to this podcast, I cannot explain to you in human terms or words. I've tried, and I can't. It's like a wisdom and knowledge that God and the Holy Spirit have downloaded into my heart, my soul, my mind, and every fiber of my being, but I cannot put it into words. Now I understand when it states several places in the Bible that things spoken of in heaven, man cannot repeat or understand in human speech. Or when it reveals in Romans 8, 26 to 27, and where it says that likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do, know, we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he, God, who searches hearts, knows what's in the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So the wisdom and knowledge God's downloaded into my heart and mind are too deep for words. Those that I can put into words. I put them into words here on this podcast. And when speaking with fellow Christians or those that are interested in sharing a divine conversation that God has ordained. So God revealed to me in a, uh, a mini version, I call it uh, a mini vision, sorry. I call it that because I was at work in my office and fully conscious and I wasn't sleeping. Um, but it was me with him face to face. I had obviously died and uh, he was asking me why I chose this over that and that over this and why I hadn't done things he told me and why I wasted my life, why I hadn't stopped or started living a certain way. And some of my answers were to the effect of, I, I had no idea I was supposed to. And then he said this to me, and I've not told the story to more than a small handful of people, but it's fitting for this episode. He said, 
You mean that you had the opportunity to read the very book I wrote for you that I breathed out of my mouth and that was a living part of me and you chose not to? You had the guidebook, the roadmap, the love letter, and the step-by-step instructions on what was expected of you at your disposal and never ever took the time to open it up and immerse yourself in it? Why? The feeling, the, the, the chills, the horror I had. Real time now, not in a subconscious or visionary state. Was And the best word I can use to describe it was the horror I had was mortifying. It was like a tractor trailer ran right through me. I remember thinking, what if? What if that's the reality? No, that is the reality of what's happening. That was back in April of 2019. I haven't missed a day of dwelling in God's perfect word one day. And I'm about to start my fourth read through of the Bible. And I do not, do not say this to boast. There's nothing to boast about. This is what I'm supposed to do. And now I yearn to do it. Not what I have to do or am forced to do. Big difference. You know, my pastor must have said this statement over 10 times since being at his church. And it never stuck. He said, And still does on occasion to this day. You give God one year of your life and the rest of your life will never be the same again. It will change your life forever. And he always ends with a few real life examples of when people come back to him a year later and they say something to the effect of, you tricked me, pastor. And he says, how did I trick you? And their answer is basically the same. They say, you know, if I gave God one year of my life and dwelt in his word every day for a year, I would never stop. And that's when he just looks at them, he smiles and grins and says, I know, that sounds so awesome, doesn't it? Well, guess what? Even that didn't persuade me one bit to begin doing so. Did it convict me during the service and perhaps just that Sunday? Sure it did. But when Monday came rolling around, it was a distant memory. And I was reminded of that when God started calling me back. So it certainly had a positive impact on my beginning of my relationship with the Lord. You see, what happened that night of my vision is I I began a read the Bible in a year plan. I downloaded it right off the net and looked and saw that it really came down to 20 or so minutes a day. I thought, am I seriously, literally, figuratively, or, or spiritually not going to give God at least 20 minutes of my day every day to study his word? Convicted is all get out. The answer was clear. Of course. How could I afford not to? Guys, hear me on this. I'm going to get right into the heart of things right now. As I begin to read, I became a different person. I got pulled into the great book, almost like you would see in the movies, like, I don't know, Jumanji or Alice in Wonderland, just sucked right into the book in a spiritual sense. Words, phrases, sentences started jumping off the page. Convictions were knocking me out. felt like I was in the ring with Mike Tyson some nights. The old Mike or the current Mike, it doesn't matter, right? I remember thinking, this is amazing. This is better than the movies I watch. This is so fascinating. I'd never imagined this was in the Bible or that was in the Bible. Where had this been all my life? Oh yeah, it was right in front of my eyes. And worse yet, available on my cell phone for free. I had just ignored dismissed and refused to read it. Then I started reaching familiar stories from growing up as a child and hearing them in Bible school. But wait, these stories weren't the same. 
It didn't sound the same, and it wasn't. I realized that Sunday school had turned these stories into fairy tales that the Bible didn't talk about like they did. They had turned the Bible into another Dr. Seuss book to entertain and fascinate me, but certainly not to instruct me in the ways of the Lord. I was appalled. It's then I realized that everything about the Bible I thought I had known, I really didn't know at all. And that was scary to me. I remember asking God and praying to him, if I didn't if I didn't pray this at least 50 times, it had to have been 100. And I kid you not, I would pray, God, if it's your will, please, please allow me to stay alive at least until I read your word all the way through. You see, it wasn't just a vision I had. I had had that jump-started and convinced and convicted me to begin reading. It was the sheer magnitude and the awe I had in dwelling in God's word. I didn't want to miss one word, one commandment, one conviction, another do or another don't. I I didn't want to die before I read the last word in Revelation chapter 21. I'm seriously. So in short, for all those that cannot carve out 20 to 25 minutes per day, at some point in the day, every day, there will be nothing you do any day for 20, 25 minutes that will be more important or more valuable than his word. Heck, if you're on your mobile device 20 minutes per day or longer, you've already refused God's word and replaced it with what? Facebook? Candy Crush? Fox News? Amazon purchases? Don't tell me you don't have 20 to 25 minutes for your God. Don't you dare tell him you don't have time for him. You're refusing him, not his word, for his very word is him. He is the Bible, and the Bible is him. Don't believe me? Read it and prove me wrong. You won't be able to, I promise you. Set an alarm on your phone, your watch, your outlook, or or email calendar somewhere and devote that time to your God. Is he not worth a half hour out of your day? If you're awake as as most are for at least 16 hours of every day, you're literally talking about giving God 3% of your day. Don't believe me? Do the math. 960 minutes divided by 30 minutes. And some of you, including me, are up even longer per day. 3% of your life to God? And you can't or more truthfully won't? Are you kidding me? When we tithe 10%, That includes our time to him, no? He gives 100% of himself each and every day. And you can't give 3% back to him? He creates every breath your lungs take in and every beat your heart puts out. And you can't give him 3% of your day daily and make it important enough to do so consistently? No, you refuse, that's what. Now, I'm not implying or pointing fingers at anyone. I won't, and I cannot. I am not the judge. There is only one. But you better fear that one, judge. If the shoe fits, kick it off today. Versions? No, King James Version is not the only version, and it's certainly not the only holy inspired version there is. Go get another version that you can understand. I do. There's no way I could read the King James Version all the way through every year. It's it's not that there's anything wrong with that version. There's certainly not. 
but I don't know about you, but I don't speak old English. I don't plan to in this lifetime. I like modern speech, one that you and I use every day, one that keeps me understanding and engaged. Go try many of the others, ESV, English Standard Version, or NASB, New American Standard Bible, or NLT, the New Living Translation, and there are many more. I just gave you the top popular versions because of how well they have uh, translated the uh, original, but in a way that you can easily understand and follow along to and soak in without the need for a dictionary or a thesaurus. In fact, and this is just for my desire, I have chosen a different verse in each year, and I've learned more and more by doing so. They're all Holy Spirit inspired. Any Bible is better any day than no Bible. I'm moving to a read the Bible in six months now so I can get more of God's word in daily. That's not to be legalistic. It's not to get brownie points. There aren't even any to get. It's because I literally and spiritually cannot get enough of God's word. Every time I read through the Bible, it's like I've read it for the first time. And like many, my memory isn't great. And certainly not the older I get. I need the living word of God, greater than my need for air, for my eyesight, hearing, money, or anything else that's earthly. I've heard older men and women say that they've read the Bible every year for the past X number of years. The longest I can remember hearing uh, one man say was 57 years. And they all say the same thing, including that gentleman. And so far, me as well, that I'm always learning more and more and more the more I read through God's word. The term living in God's living word is not a metaphor. It's an absolute. Here's another major advantage to discontinue refusing to dwell in God's word daily. You learn discernment through the Holy Spirit. You will see the world differently from the eyes of God and be able to discern between what is right and what is almost right. Smooth-talking pastors to which I will not give them the benefit or the credit of naming here and other evangelists and those that attract millions and millions across the world and the internet, you quickly detect where no one else can or very few can. They become the zebra in the field of horses. You can only get that from God's word. Most people get the knowledge of God and his word from the pastors. Why do you go to a man instead of the God who created man for his instruction, words, wisdom, knowledge, and love? You know, it states in the Bible in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, that on the day that on that day many will say to Jesus, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And then it continues. And then he says to them, Depart from me, I never knew you. Don't for one minute think he couldn't possibly be referring to many of these evangelical preachers and televangelists and mega pastors and so forth. I'm not judging them. Again, I cannot and will not, nor do I want to. But the more you read from God's mouth, the more the wolves start to take their sheep's clothing and masks off. Same with others. The enemy uses others to dissuade God's children, you, to be misled and misdirected. You don't think they sound great? Don't for one moment think you can you can't be fooled by their sweet talk and their uh, convincing tongues about our Lord and His Word. They can and they do. Every minute of every day, God's Word will help you put the armor of God on every day to deflect the arrows of the enemy and conquer evil 
in Jesus' name. Billions are being misled right now. As you're listening, many of them are you. Either by your political party or affiliation, your very own friends and family, and even and unfortunately by your own pastors. Media, social media, colleagues, subliminal messaging, music, and other outlets created by the enemy will steer you away from the narrow path that leads to life and back onto the broad and the easy path that many find, which leads to destruction. Now, Jesus said the narrow path that leads to everlasting life, few find. Few find. Don't you want to be one of the few that find and stay on the narrow path? Where are you going to go for those directions? Encouragement, understanding, wisdom, conviction, divine intervention, other than the creator himself, the one that decides to inherit the kingdom and who will not. He is in his word. The greatest commandment of all, as quoted by Jesus, is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Why then would you not dwell in the very book that he has created just for you? The only book that has stood the test of time for thousands of years. It's still the most popular book and sold book of all time. It's never been proven wrong and is increasingly being proved right by science, no less, and archaeology more than ever before. And it's filled with prophecy that, by the way, is still unfolding before our very eyes as of this very day. That same creature that John mentions that resembles a leopard with wings and feet as a bear and such, last week they just put out in New York in front of the UN headquarters. They just put that out. The same pale green rider on a green horse mentioned in Revelation. Guess what? They just put it out in New York in front of the UN headquarters as of this week of the recording of this episode. Do you think that's coincidence? Okay, let's say it is. Was the Bible wrong? Over 2,000 years later, and it's happening. And so are the birth pangs Jesus describes in Matthew chapter four, uh, 24. But I, but I digress. If you want to know what's in the matrix, both here and the heavens, open your Bibles and make it more important than the air you breathe. It is a spiritual mirror that only God and the Holy Spirit can hold in front of you. I can do the Holy Bible and its importance to your soul absolutely no justice with any amount of time or energy I spend on a podcast. Nor can your pastor, nor can the internet, nor can the government, nor can your friends or family. Only you can. And that's by reading it. For most of you listening, it will do one or both of the following. By spending daily time in the Word. It will forever change your life in more ways than you can ever imagine or than I could ever convey. And it will change your final and eternal home. So my final statement is this. God and the Holy Spirit wrote a book thousands of years ago to spread his word, the gospel, and the messages he felt were so important that everything in it would be all you needed to lead you to a meaningful relationship with him, a holy understanding of him, and how he wants you to live your life, and as a guidebook to stay on the right course and inherit the kingdom. He wrote it just for you. Just as Jesus died that painful death on the cross just for you because he loves you that much. So my final question to you is this. How many more days will you refuse to read it daily and take it to heart in the same way he wrote it in heart?
So before we close out today's show, I reserved the best of the show for last. And that is, it's not what I say that's important. It's what God says and reveals. I'm certain until my death that everything you ever want or need to know and understand is between the pages of Genesis 1-1 and Revelations 22-21. Give it one pass through and you'll certainly agree. And with that said, here's what the Bible states about reading the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. Psalms 119.105 Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Matthew 4, 4, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Romans 15, 4, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. 1 Timothy 4.13 Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Psalm 119.18 Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. John 1.1 In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. 1 Peter 2.2, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. John 15.7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Psalms 119.10-11, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 1-2, but his delight is the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. 2 Timothy 2-15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2-7, think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Job 23.12, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. Matthew 24.35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We've got a few more here. 
Psalms 119, 1 to 176. Blessed are those whose way is his blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Proverbs 35, uh, 30 verse 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who uh, take refuge in him. Psalms 56.4, In God, whose words I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Psalms 119.11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Four more. Isaiah 55.10-11, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth. Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. James 1, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. John 5, 39 to 40, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Matthew twenty two twenty nine. but Jesus answered them, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. And again, he states in Mark, as he did in Matthew, Mark 12, 24, Jesus said to them, is this not the reason you are wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. And lastly, John 5, 24, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word, and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. How do you hear his word if you don't ever read it? Folks, this is not all the scriptures I had on the subject today, but I'll stop here. Not for a lack of want or desire, but for time's sake. There are so many verses about the power of dwelling in God's word. I'd be here all day and it'd be worth it. But numerous of the teachings and wisdom that's inside God's book, it's endless and it truly is living. Would you please commit to reading through it at least once in your lifetime? And if the answer is yes, would you start today? And if it's a no, what's your reason? Reach out to me and let's talk. So before we end today's show, I just wanted to thank you all again for tuning in and I hope you were touched by today's message in scripture. And I'd like to ask you a favor. Only if you received any value out of today's show, would you tell at least one person you know, just call them, text them, email them, talk to them, IM them, tell them to give this show a listen. If you know someone that's had an incredible testimony of coming to the Lord and you think they would be a great guest of the show, please connect with me. I'd love to hear more. Uh, you can check out the show at shaken-awake.com. Email me at ben at shaken-awake.com. 
com or text or call me directly for any reason at 407-493-3208. Again, that's 407-493-3208. And if you have any ideas for the show, let me know. So next week, tune in next Sunday or whenever you're able as we dive into another important topic of today, which is, I don't know yet. <laughs> It'll be a surprise to me. I'm leaving next week's topic up to you. That's right, you. Please write me at ben at shaken-awake.com with what you'd like for me to speak on next week. And the topic with the most recommendations will be the topic of next week's show. I can't wait to read your suggestions. All I ask is that they be submitted prior to, uh, to next Friday. So next week's episode is another powerful and do not miss episode. Thank you all for joining. Until next week, take great care of yourself and each other, and God bless you all. 